Hey, you okay? Oh, damn enchiladas. Oh. You gonna be all right? Welcome back to another episode of It's Them Damage, Lottos the Podcast, where we mostly talk about horror movies with a splash of video games, television, comic books, and beer. I am Carlos Rivera, my compadre, the Ant-Man to my Luis, Adam Griffin. As always, follow us on the Red Hot Twitter machine, handles in the show notes, and the show at It's Them Dam, and on Instagram at It's Them Damage, Lottos Podcast. Adam, uh, happy January. Happy late January, almost February to you too. Yes. yes. It is yeah. January 29th that we're recording this episode. It has been a fast January. Yeah, definitely. Uh, very fast January. 2020 has been pretty weird, picking up with 2019's bullshit, so let's see February does. But you know what we got to kick things off? What's that? We got news. Oh, that was pretty good. That's pretty good. Thanks. Say, did you know that the Crow reboot is back in development? No, I did not. That's actual breaking news. So, uh, this is off of Bloody Disgusting. Yeah, we're, they're, they're going to go for it again. Um, this thing has been rumored. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Since... Uh, the late 90s, uh, Rob Zombie was attached to it. Late 90s, early 2000s, Rob Zombie was attached to it to uh, direct like The Crow 2037 or something like that. Some futuristic cyberpunk installment. Yeah. You know, we haven't seen much after uh, those two direct-to-video movies um, because they keep wanting to play this well of uh, going back and telling the original story with Eric Draven. At this point, in this time, I mean, I don't know. I hope it's good, but, you know, like everything that we hear about, but I don't know if it can escape the original movie's shadow like that, you know? I just think they should just let it let it be. Yeah. That's one That's that's one of the few movies that just, just let it be, you know? Especially with everything that happened with the movie. Just, and it was a good movie. Yeah. Let it be. You don't need to remake everything. Yeah. And I mean, just the nature of the, the premise itself is designed for one and done's, you know, TV series notwithstanding. Yeah, Sting did it. And that was it. Yeah, he had to put on the emergency brake there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I ripped it off at some point in e-wrestling. <laughs> I remember that vaguely. Involved the solo cup. 
Ah, yes. yes. Anyway. But anyway. we can't get into that stuff. We, we might go down a rabbit hole. We'll never escape. Oh, will we ever. So, um, what else we got here? Uh, there was a trailer that hit earlier this week for an animated Mortal Kombat movie. Once a generation, the finest warriors must do battle to decide the fate of their realm. I, Shang Tsung, welcome you to Mortal Kombat. If Shao Kahn wins this tournament, that's, that's already out. Know it. Was that my understanding of that trailer? Uh, well, the, the movie itself will release spring 2020. Oh. Now, the, uh, the official trailer that I pasted to you on that H program known as IRC, that's already out. But the movie itself, uh, unless they, they had one of those weird uh, trade show trailers, you know, where it says available now, but you're like two months out of it. That's what it said. Oh, see, I wasn't. I was just keyed into the actual animation, not anything they were trying to sell. Oh, no, no, it was at the end. It was like available now on digital platforms. I was like, what? Huh. I'm, I'm pulling it up on my iPad now. I just want to see this. Let me turn this on here now. My bad. Uh, da, da, da. Look, look for it on digital and Blu-ray. So it's not a date. <laughs> I don't know. The one I saw. Yeah, whatever. Because <laughs> you can look for it. Blu-ray I'm not, it out. I'm you not can going look to. look for it now all you want. I'm not going to. It's not out. Um, the cast is uh, Joe McHale as Johnny Cage. Jennifer Carpenter is Sonya Blade. Uh, Jordan Rodriguez is Liu Kang. Liu Kang, they spelled Liu Kang wrong. That's fun. Uh, Patrick Seitz, Scorpion, and Hanzo Hasashi. Stephen Bloom. Steve Bloom. Sub-Zero. So yeah. Pretty decent cast. Uh, animation is um, in the vein of usual Warner Brothers director video animation. So it's it's cool. Uh, I hope it's good. <laughs> <laughs> like everything. That's all we can hope. That's all, all, we, all, we, all we have is hope. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, not Bob, but just hope in general. Oh, yeah, Bob, yeah, Bob Hope left a while ago. Well, that's why I said, not Bob Hope. Yeah. And you know what else we have? Always? The confusion <laughs> between uh, what a remake is versus an adaptation. Uh-oh. Did you know that uh, Universal and Blumhouse, Blumhouse, however you pronounce it, I don't know, it's Wednesday, are developing a new version of the thing that will adapt the long-lost original novel? Now, this is where it gets interesting. Because uh, 1951's Thing from Another World was an adaptation of Who Goes There by John W. Campbell, Jr., John Cobber's The Thing was also an adaptation of Who Goes There. It was not a remake of The Thing from Another World. It was just an adaptation of the same material. Uh, this new movie is now going to be adapting the full novel uh, from recently discovered text that was released as uh, the novel entitled Frozen Hell by Wildside Press. So now this... It's going to be an adaptation of that. And do you know what happened as soon as this hit? 
shaking my head. Shaking his head. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe they're remaking the thing. They should just leave it alone. Well, you went ahead and get, you read the internet again. <laughs> well, it was on my Twitter. So, you know, I read the timeline and I follow a lot of different authors and, and people in, in, in the, uh, the, the film criticism industry, if you can call it that these days, I guess. You did it to yourself again. Well, I wasn't directly looking for responses. I was just reading a timeline and, and, and stumbling across these half conversations of people complaining to each other Listen, about it's something like, that isn't like, taking place. It's like the little kid, all right, that goes up to the freaking magazine stand and is standing around all the nudie mags and then is like, oh, oh I didn't know I was going to see some, some breasts. Now, I see some breasts. I, that would be... The, <laughs> if, if a little kid is standing in that spot, that little kid is lying when he says that, or they say that. <laughs> I am not lying. I do well, not seek this stuff out. You do seek this out. I do not. Unconsciously. And I, I, will, I will say that until uh, next week. Until the next time we bring next time, next time we bring it up. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think because yeah, you're gonna get comparisons because it always happens. But I think that seeing a different take on the material uh, and also, you know, like what time period is it going to be in? You know, like, like what's the, what's the uh, team in Antarctica going to look like? How far is it going to go? Is it going to be a straight ab- adaptation or will it be an adaptation of, of the first, you know, like is the first couple of acts going to be a full adaptation? You get a brand new conclusion, like an aftermath or something like that. What happens? It's fun. It's, it's exciting to me. Oh, oh, is that speculating? No, that's that's me being excited for what might be in a positive manner. While most speculation is, I really hope they do this, and if they don't, I'm mad. Booga yeah. booga booga. Booga booga booga. Quote unquote. Hey man, if it's if it's good, I'm gonna like it. Yeah. If it's not, I'm just gonna blame you. That's usually how things go. Well, you know, you, know you, you you can only do that for another couple more months. Then I'm officially too old to be blamed for such Where things. Where are we at in society today? Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I'm not a, I'm not a kid! Damn it! That's right. Because then I'm in your age bracket. Damn it! That's what I do counts anymore. Well, at that point, then all, all bets are off. I'm going to have to find... I'm going to find new things to complain about. <laughs> <laughs> once you're once you hit the age bracket, you, you want to complain about werewolves and leaks? <laughs> what <laughs> details leaked regarding Resident Evil 8? Regular zombies to make a return? <laughs> Still can't go over that. <laughs> uh, uh, wait, what? Yeah, uh, apparently we're being set up for some cheese because, uh, Somebody found some news about Resident Evil 8, allegedly. And again, we're, we're on Blade Discussing because that's where we get our news. I dig their work. Uh, according to fan site Biohazard Declassified and Twitter user Dusk Golem, whose account has now mysteriously been shut down, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, Capcom is gearing up for Resident Evil 8. So, you know, again, somebody's fucking around or 
they want to test the waters as far as what news looks like and how people are going to take it because the game hasn't even been announced as being in development just scuttlebutt and all that but uh so some of the stuff bullet points here uh ethan's going to be returning ethan was from part seven when he's dealing with the, the fucked up uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Bayou family. It's not going to be called Resident Evil 8, so why the fuck are we calling it Resident Evil 8? But it's going to have a clever title. Uh, it's going to be first person, like Resident Evil 7. Gameplay starts in the village, leading up to a castle. Sounds like Resident Evil 4 to me. Uh, the environment will be rural, snowy, and mountainous. Possibly Europe. Yeah. Ooh, snow. Uh, regular zombies are going to be there instead of the molded from Part 7. There's a persistent shadow female, in quotes, enemy, that will follow you but dissipate if shot. Is it a g g g g ghost? <laughs> what? I'm just, that, that, that was speculation. That was a question. That was a rhetorical question. Uh, there are also wolf-like creatures that will attack players in certain areas. Or wolf. Werewolves. 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 Don't touch the wolf. We'll get bit. And, uh... Chris Redfield will also be returning in some capacity. You know, uh, at this point, just let's let's let uh, the remake of Nemesis come out. Let's see how that works. Let's see if a Capcom does, and let's not leak some potential bullshit that everybody's gonna get mad about. How about that? How about that? How about that? What do you think? You uh, looking forward to some Resident Evil stuff? Listen, listen. This way too many. Resident Evil rumors coming out. I'm just getting over the first stuff. I'm just getting over the Nemesis stuff. Yeah, well, that you know, that's actually that's not rumors. I, that is, no, I, I mean, I know, but I'm just getting, I'm just getting over the rumors before it's out. So maybe this is facts too, but it's too soon to be speculating. Be uh, be doing this leak stuff, and that can be, you know, the leak economy. <laughs> Is ruining the leak economy. General, uh, what, 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 what should we call it? Economic leak anxiety. Wow, that's. I'm just I'm making up bullshit because that's bullshit. So. Uh, wow, wow. Yeah, you know it's Wednesday. Hey man, no holds barred on Wednesdays. We've, right. we've come to we've come to realize this. Yeah. You know what else is no holds barred? Zeus and Hulk. What's that smell? <laughs> That's right, the movie from 1989. But also, uh, the fact that Robert Rodriguez is returning, uh, returning to his low, low, low budget roots. It's a sci-fi horror film. Okay. Title Red Eleven. Now, uh, this is from Deadline. Blood disgusting. All these fun places that. Uh, Report these such things, such happenings, because we have no sources. But, um, this movie was made on a budget of $7,000. What? Yes. Now, once of all time, almost kind of long ago, El Mariachi was made for $5,000. So, when they, they aren't kidding when he's back to his low, low, low budget roots. Um, so it's going to. Stream exclusively on the Tubi streaming platform this summer. And uh, it says here the log line is uh, adapted from a script written 25 years ago that was based on Rodriguez's experiences in a medical research facility. 
Red 11 is set in a dark, twisted version of the legal drug research world. At these facilities, young guys have become lab rats to make quick money, but our hero Red 11 is here to buy his way out of a huge debt to the tune of $7,000. But things get surreal when he's not sure if the hospital's really trying to kill him. Or if it's the side effects from experimental drugs. <laughs> and uh, Robert Rodriguez wrote the script with his son, Racer. His son's name is Razor? Racer. Racer. As in Speed. Yeah, Speed Racer. Yes, I thought you said Razor. And I was like, oh. Hey, yo. Well, that's how us Spanish people say it. That's ah, yes. We have that little, you know. I, I forgot I wasn't listening for it. My bad. It's okay, man. I'm sorry. You know, it sometimes comes out. Right. Listen, I went to speech therapy class when I was uh, six years old because I had that really strong uh, Castellano, Castilian pronunciation of words. Mm-hmm. My parents ruined me. I could have had a sexy ass accent. I could have been picking up ladies this whole time. But no, no. Now I just sound like every other person from New Jersey. You could have been set. You yeah. could have been just, just, just out there I, making money. I could have been Ricky Iglesias. Yeah. That would have been, would have been it. Jeez. I can be your hero, baby. See? 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 Fuck. Fuck. Well, it's always podcasting. So, did you know that... I'm going to stop this bit eventually. Uh, Eli Roth is producing a Cloud Apocalypse franchise that will include a feature film and a video game. Oh. I I did not know that. Mm. You're holding that on me, huh? I, you know, I gotta, gotta get the show ready. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, it's, uh, he's gonna produce a film and a video game. And it's a 300, it's described as a 360 degree horror project. And it will encompass a feature film, video game, live event, short form series, and merchandise. Uh oh. There's gonna be a beanie. Yep. And you're gonna have to buy it. Well, I, I mean, it depends on if it's a good clown apocalypse. Clown apocalypse. How the hell you say? So, uh, uh, Eli Roth's talking to Deadline, and he says, "I've had an amazing time collaborating with James Frey and the incredible team at Three Black Dot. From concept to art to the gameplay, every step of the way, no idea has been too crazy, and they've executed it at the highest level. For years, I've had people tell me you can't do that in a video game. It's too insane." And I finally found partners who said, let's take this a step further. Feels like we're making a game, movie, and live experience with no parental supervision or studio to tell us to tone it down. And that's the only way to create something spectacular and memorable. This will be a big, fun, scary event for gamers, movie fans, and people who love live events. The Clown Apocalypse is coming. Get ready. Hey, so, um, do you know how you create something spectacular and memorable? Well, we do it every week with this podcast, so yes. That's right. But you know how we do that? Bam. We don't tell people that it's spectacular and memorable. Correct. So from here I'm out, none of our episodes are going to be spectacular and memorable because we told them. And since... Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's good advertising. Yeah. <laughs> that's a joke. I'm I fun. know. I, it's, the, it's, it's reverse it's psychology. It's, it's Wednesday. Re- it's reverse psychology Wednesday. I, I feel like this is very busy. This is very busy. Um, ambitious is like tip of the iceberg for this one you know well what else has he been doing well he's got you know the history of horror podcast he, he never did make thanksgiving this holiday season prepare to have the stock scared out of you from grand house 
But this is this is a lot. Uh, hey right. man, what's that saying? You know, better to aim high and fail than to aim low and succeed. Yeah. Can, he's like, going for it. He's going for it, man. And I can tell that uh, his, his studio. Well, I mean, I know his studio experience has left a mark because he's you know, talking about no parental supervision or studio to tell us to tone it down. I think there's a difference between doing something unconsciously and like getting smacked by the ratings board or studios or something like that or being antagonistic and then getting smacked and then complaining that you got smacked for something mm -hmm. and that's what this kind of feels like to me a little bit listen <laughs> you you have bombarded me with so much information my, my little brain is still analyzing half of it I'm sorry it's okay it's got to it's got to move sometimes, you know. You know how you gotta warm up your car sometimes because you don't want the the engine to stall. Yeah. On an older car, and I am an older model at this point, you know, being in that age bracket. Yeah. So you know, hey, it's fine, man. Just, 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 it's just warming up. It's just warming up. How do you feel about clowns? Uh, I I don't mind clowns. I don't mind. Wait, why? Because it's clown apocalypse. It's a clown apocalypse. Oh. Clown apocalypse. Uh. I'm gonna be honest with you. I thought you were saying cloud apocalypses all the time. It's cloud apocalypse. It's, you know, I was like, cumulus. why? Who cares about fucking clouds? That's only like, cloud. You better get in the house. You can clouds over here. That would make for a much better video game than a cloud game. <laughs> so much better. Oh man, where? It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. <laughs> uh, speaking of adaptations. Yeah. See, see, see what, see what I did there. This has been a professional segue. Uh, we forgot to talk about this last week. That's right. Fear Agent. Yes. So, yes. Uh, it's being adapted at Amazon with uh, Seth Rogen and David F. Sandberg producing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Fear Agent is based on a comic book written, created by Rick. Reminder, Reminder. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Apologies, pronunciation lords. I read it about, I guess, about ten years ago now. Uh, around when it was finishing up, and uh, very damn good book. Um, it's based on the last of the fear agents. They uh, go exterminate alien threats to other worlds. Pretty much, it's like you know a coalition of uh, bug-stopping peacekeepers, if you will. And it details his experiences as the last of the fear agents. Um, Seth Rogen and Sanborn was the last one. I just said it. Hey, you know who has bad short-term memory? Who? I don't know. I forgot. Ha! So, ha! I set you up for that one. That's right. But um, they adapted Preacher for AMC. Oh, okay. And that was that was a pretty damn good show. So uh, I'm looking forward to see how this turns out. Cause, uh, Listen, yeah, they they had me at uh, Interstellar Travelers, Time Travel, Clones of Clones of Clones, and lots of whiskey. And uh, having read the entire series, that that whole log line is selling things short, because it's all that and then some. Uh, and a bag of chips. Oh yeah, that's that's in there some. Yes. Like some Lay's chips, man. Just nothing good like a good bag of Lay's chips. Yeah. What else? What are the, what are the news you got for me? What's the news that I got for you? 
You know what? That might just be... No, it's not. Because three words come to mind. All right, all right, all right. Because... All right, all right, all right. Uh, Matthew McConaughey and True Detective Creative are reteaming for a new FX series called Redeemer. Uh, let's see. So uh, we got, we're back to deadline again. And this is grand. Uh, <laughs> it's Wednesday. Forgive me. Uh, created by Pizzolatto and inspired by Patrick Coleman's debut novel, The Churchgoer. Redeemer stars McConaughey as minister turned desolate security guard who searched for a missing woman in Texas leads him to a, a corruption-steeped criminal conspiracy as his past and present impact and entwine around a mystery of escalating violence and deceit. It sounds like True Detective starring Matthew McConaughey and only Matthew McConaughey on FX. I'm interested. It's good station to be on, too. Yeah. Especially. FX. Yeah. There's like no holes bar on FX. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. And it's Matthew McConaughey. That's right. And uh, if you haven't seen Frailty, huh? Which watch is Frailty. which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it like now. Like once you're done listening to this podcast, go and find. I I probably have a copy here because it's. Ugh, I remember watching that in the movie theater. Man, Frailty is such a kick-ass movie. It's so good. It's very good. It deserves a loaded Blu-ray. Everything else. In between, it it's, it's it deserves all of its props. I wish Bill Paxton got the chance to direct more horror, because that movie was something else. Mm-hmm. Indeed. All right. So, Monday, I turned on TV. I started watching Shutter. I said to myself, I would like to watch a movie that I haven't seen in a while. So I turned on Monster Squad. Yes. Rudy, 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 and a uh, couple, couple different thoughts came to mind here. First, I was like, well, you know, if they, uh, if they ever really need the money, and they try to reboot it or remake it or do that thing where they represent the material again for modern audiences, what would it look like? Would they use uh, new permutations? Of Jacqueline and the Wolfman and Frankenstein and all them? Or would they pull somehow from a, would it be like a Ready Player One situation with modern movie monsters? And then I got to thinking, Mm-mm. I'm going to ask you this question. Um, if you had to adapt a new Monster Squad or present a new Monster Squad, uh, who would be your, 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 your monsters for the squad to face? See, uh, th- this was this was a lot to try to process because being a big Monster Squad fan, you know, you got your Frankenstein, like you said, Wolfman, Thing from the Lagoon, um, the Mummy, and Dracula. I think those this right? Those are the five. Yes. Modern day, how modern day Monster Squad? <sighs> so I start thinking, I mean, are we are you know the slashers don't fall into that category no and then I started really thinking about it when was when have we really gotten some good monster horror yeah it's all faceless like there's no there's no like franchising out you know yeah it's you know 
and all these franchises like you know Freddie and Mike and all that, they're all old except for you know Halloween being reboot you know redone recently but th- there's like no there's like no big mo- I think Cloverfield yeah. is one of the last big like monster monster like horror action movie I, I, I had a hard time with this question I'll be honest with you I had a hard time with this one and I don't know who you would put into that uh who would they fight would be more like I guess the only reason I could put Freddy in there is because Freddy could manifest himself into different forms yeah and I, I don't know this is one do you wait, what, what do you think enlighten me with well I think it would you can't really you'd have to invent one hell of a premise to do it I think because there's, there's two different ways you go you shoehorn uh, the slashers in through some hackney device, right? It's hackney storytelling device. Right? You know, somebody's got some ancient thing that allows them to pull uh, various monsters from celluloid and blah, blah, blah. Now you got Freddy. You know, what am I doing in the room? And all this stuff. And, um, or you actually make a new franchise out of assembling a monster squad. So... Let's let's, uh, let's start doing something here. Let's 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 theoretically say that uh, Blumhouse or somebody starts creating original monsters mm-hmm. in the vein of the Universal Pantheon, mm-hmm. and they get their their roster of monsters, and then they make a Monster Squad movie with these kids, teens, whatever, confronting these new monsters, and then for giggles. They have to go rediscover the older monsters. So, Dracula, Wolfman, Creature from Black Lagoon, Frankenstein, Mummy. In order to battle these new guys. That would work. That'd probably be the only way it could work. But you, they'd have to do regular, like some serious legwork to do that. That's a, that's a, it's an ambitious uh, endeavor. We gotta swing for fences. But you can't tell people. How tremendous and spectacular it's going to be. Correct. You know what else? Uh, you can't tell people about if it's going to be tremendous or spectacular. <laughs> well, this is this is not a, this is R-rated, right? <laughs> yeah, but not the stuff you're thinking about because oh. that, that's bad. Oh, no, I can't say that kind of stuff. Uh, the opportunity to do an audio commentary for a horror movie of your choosing that isn't from a big franchise. So I pose to you really quickly if you could provide a solo audio commentary for a horror movie that's not, you know, one of your Friday 13th or Hammond Elm Streets or anything like that. Which one would it be? The Shining. Very nice. I could talk about The Shining straight through the whole movie with very little. The only time I would pause is probably to let to to let the scene breathe. Sometimes you, sometimes we over uh, we over analyze and over commentate certain things. Yep. So that would be the only time I'd like stop. But I could definitely uh, the shining is not even an issue. Sounds good. How about you? I uh, would say the cabin and the woods. Hmm. Oh yeah, you, Captain Woods. I'm pretty sure you gave me a live commentary when we watched it. 
I just love that movie. It's so great. This is fantastic. And it still hasn't had a sequel or anything, so I'm I'm doubly happy. It's like, like look at this perfect little movie just sitting out here, untouched. <laughs> it's great. Untouched in its <laughs> such a pure form. It just lives on its own, and that's it. It's wonderful. And we still think about to this day what was the blip, what was the anomaly. Yep. What was the anomaly? Ah. Oh. We really have to talk about that for like a whole episode. Yeah, I'm down. The anomaly, the anomaly of uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yep. Cabin in the Woods in general, and then the anomaly that comes out of what they talk about. So many different theories about that. Yeah. You know what? We also have. What's that? We have something that has been posed to us by our producer extraordinaire. Oh boy, you mean it's time for the first installment of Mark's the Spot? It is time for Mark's the Spot. <laughs> Let me see here. The What was posed to us is give us a pitch for introducing a character we haven't seen in MCU yet. Who plays them? What's the storyline? Is it their own movie or another characters? And how does it tie into any existing MCU works? Now, you know for a fact that I'm infatuated with Wonder Man, and they've yet or have held back on Nathan Fillion being <laughs> Wonder Man for some odd reason. Um, they went so far as to having the Wonder Man um, movie poster that was supposed to come out, and then they scratched it, but it's not him. No, it's not my thoughts of Javier Bardem as Apocalypse. No, 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 no. It's not Andrew Garfield as Iceman. I'm giving you all these. These are all Natalia Dyer from Stranger Things as Kitty Pride. That's a good one. John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. I gave that to you last week. <laughs> Change it up. That's right. Matt Damon as Moon Knight. Nope. No. Who I want to be seen cast is Corsair and who you know who I like to be Corsair <sighs> who the fucking man the myth the legend Val Kilmer oh god as Corsair fight me no and, no and I hate when people ask that why would I counter your opinion in an antagonistic manner I don't no. know I just, that's what they do on the internet but uh, yeah Val Kilmer is Corsair Alright. Um, it would definitely be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Oh, you weren't expecting that, were you now? Well, I, I'll tell you after you're done. Okay. Because this is now expand. I'm, try- I'm, try- I'm trying to see Guardians of the Galaxy 3 pop off everybody. Because okay. if you can bring in the, the Shi'ar Empire, you're going to bring in uh, motherfucking Gladiator. Yeah. Who's another person I, I would like to see, and, uh, and they can actually introduce the X Men through the cosmic world. And Val Kilmer's a fucking man. Yeah. Yep. So, Sounds good. Yeah. And know who who really knows about Corsair, but true Marvel fans. 
<laughs> we can we can leave this <laughs> it's true mark true fan stuff away from another time because that's not no gatekeeping <laughs> okay i guess i i dig it power camera s corsair i dig it any uh okay so you got star jammers you're bringing star jammers in too mm -hmm. um a specific storyline adaptation anything like that no i don't even want them to uh, adapt a storyline i want them to use it as a fresh start okay to bring in um because it would make sense you know yeah just running around the galaxy this dude's got kids yeah we really, we really saw with ego and you know star lord being his son yeah so it's almost the same kind of premise with uh you know cyclops being corsair's son you could also bring in, you know, Jean Grey. This all, this all ties in. Well, because this wasn't in the comic line. Uh, Jean Grey is the one that finds out Corsair is Scott Summers' dad. Yeah. When she becomes, you know, she's inhabited by the Dark Phoenix Force. Yep. Sounds good. All right. So that's okay. So we got Valkyrie as Corsair, which means unless we get magically get another co-host, I guess it's my turn. So. Um, I'm going to do the storyline pitch and then I will tell you who plays the character at the end because if I tell you up front uh, that, that that completely exposes the lead and I don't want to do that I just want to tell you the storyline and I'll do the thing so here we go uh, we're post endgame and a few years into the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and most importantly for the purposes of our story Wakanda uh, we open on a skirmish near the borders as uh, King T'Challa is dealing with a, a uh, bit of a scuffle with the Ngandan army, uh, some insurgents and, and all that and all that stuff. But something is very, very wrong. Uh, T'Challa is fighting erratically. He's afflicted by something. He has hallucinations. You know, he can't sleep. Uh, Nobody knows what the deal is. Um, all of his battles you know, on Earth and possibly elsewhere, perhaps in space, uh, with a team known as the Ultimates, have taken a toll. Um, after he almost kills M'Baku, T'Challa is overcome with emotion and locks himself in his throne room. Uh, instead of the empty throne he expects, seated on that throne is Killmonger. Uh, they have a chat. And uh, when Shuri, uh, an advisor from the nation of Kakoa named Aurora Monroe and others uh, in his trusted circle break into the room, T'Challa is gone. From there, we cut to a precinct, a precinct in Harlem. An officer named Kevin Cole is getting clowned by his squadmates. They call him Casper, with a K, uh, because they want him to be hip. Or, so let's say they're, they're fucking with him. Uh, Kevin's young and boastful about his future. He wants to be a detective. He's just confiding into his mentor about his ongoing focus on a local gang known as the Six Six Bridges. You know, he figures if he can crack that case. He'd be able to get in. Uh, but, uh, you know, his fixation kind of gets some heads turned the wrong way. 
and eventually he gets suspended without pay. But uh, Kevin Casper Cole has other plans. Thanks to a certain vibranium line suit that he found in the alleyway outside of a restaurant owned by a new member of his neighborhood named uh, Mr. Unkunkwa. Uh With that suit also comes a familiar looking mask. Looks kind of like a panther. He found it. He's going to put it to use. Casper Cole is now the Black Panther. Or is he? Uh, basically, this will be introducing the comic character of Casper Cole as well, what's sold as the Black Panther, but in reality would be the MCU's White Tiger uh, to be trained by T'Challa, who is would be Mr. Okonkwo, of course. But he'd be played by Marcus Scribner from Blackish. Hmm. And that would be his introduction into the MCU. Uh, it's based off of the Black Panther storyline written by Chris uh, Priest. Just Priest. Uh, that was in uh, Black Panther Volume 4, I believe, issues 50 through 62. So it's called Black Panther Black and White. Wow. So, so there we go. I mean, that's it. That's... What I'm going to say is that's definitely something that you would want to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't going to go with the obvious. No, no, you're ne- that's never you. That's one thing. So we're, gonna, we're bringing in Val Kilmer. <laughs> yeah. Val Kilmer? Marty Scriber? Yeah. I dig it. <laughs> I dig it. You got me there. You got you got me. You always do this. You always somehow get me. Get me speechless. I think you do it on purpose. I don't do it on purpose. I think you don't shy away from it. Well, well the thing is the thing is I think you expect to be speechless. <laughs> so I have to try. Oh yeah, it's like I have that level where I think I'm going to be to get to, and then all of a sudden you're like, nope, it's not that. It's this. And I'm like, wow. If they could actually pull it off, that's the, that's what gets me. Yeah. <laughs> not that if they do it, you know? They, Can't yeah. they pull it Can off? They, yeah. Do they have actually the, the patience to do so? Yeah. And, you know, because we keep getting there. Now they're getting closer to bringing all these MCU uh, I mean the, the Netflix shows back I just I I could see a lot of the stuff being done now on the on the on the Disney Plus side or or FX honestly because I, I could probably see how the Netflix shows move to FX because you're not going to want the kind of violence that's on Punisher and Daredevil to be on Disney Plus Right. That's you know, just move it to FX. Or they can they can move it under the uh, the Fox rebranding because a rumor that just hit was um that Deadpool's R-rated output was going to be under 20th Century Studios, which is formerly you know 20th Century Fox. So all his R-rated stuff is going to be under that studio with Marvel 
But then anytime he crosses over, it's just going to be a Marvel Studios. Which would make sense. And if they do, if they keep the uh, the appropriated Fox stuff in its own studio, then that way Disney can still do stuff with Alien and Predator and all that. Yep. Whatever. Which is, which is important. It's very important. Very. What happens to those franchises is very important. So, gotta keep an eye on it. Gotta wait and see. That's all you can do is hope and wait and see. That's right. But I hope uh, a couple things. Uh, number one, if, if people enjoyed this episode, I hope you guys give us a call. That's right, we got a voicemail. You can reach us at 443-906-0040. That was 443-906-0040. You know, numbers. Rewind it. Let's do it again. It's fun. Uh, leave us a voicemail. Uh, we will use them on an upcoming show. We'll have a good time. The rules are simple. Don't be trifling. And enjoy yourself. Everything will be alright. Everything's gonna be alright. Everything's gonna be alright. And with that, this has been another episode of It's Them Damage. A lot of the podcast. You can check the show notes. All of our social media info. So please leave those reviews and star ratings and follows and likes and all that stuff. And, uh... Yeah, as always, podcast producer with stars. Mark Warren has been responsible for making us sound oh so spectacular. So thank you for all that you do, Mark. Until next time, you can have fun, watch horror movies, dig the genre entertainment that you dig, play some damn video games, and remember to drink responsibly, do responsible things, and hydrate, 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 hydrate. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. Bye.